You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning and welcome to Focus on the Liturgy here on Catholic Community of Faith, WNBZ, 7.50 a.m. I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship. And I'm Timothy Johnston from Liturgy Training Publications. And we are here every fourth Wednesday of the month. So welcome, welcome to those who are tuning in on Facebook and YouTube. Um, We are here every fourth Wednesday of the month, and we do exactly what the title of our show says we do, (laughs) which is a tagline by now. Uh, But we focus on the liturgy and every aspect of the uh, corporate, communal, liturgical prayer life of the Church. Yeah, and we were talking even before the show today, uh, sort of joking a little bit that we're either liturgy geeks or liturgy nerds. So (laughs) it is always a great time to gather with all of you um, uh, in this format to talk about the liturgy, to break open uh, what what we do week after week, day after day. And we have a great, exciting topic uh, again for today, I think. We are just uh, a couple of days away from uh, here in the the, uh, sixth week of of Lent. and we're just a couple of days away from Holy Week. Yeah, it is unbelievable how, at least for me, I don't know how about you, but how fast the Lenten season has yeah. has gone. But to enter into um, Holy Week, uh, here we are a year um, again, uh, you know, yeah. after the, our experience of COVID, where all of us, I think the whole country was really shut down during Holy Week last year. And here we are again, um, uh, back uh, in this space with limited attendance in many, many locations yeah. throughout the country, but certainly here in Chicago. And uh, so it's going to be a little bit different again. Yeah, um, it will be. But thank goodness that um, the, the, at least there'll be able to be people in our churches. Yes. For as you know, as as the the title says, this is the this is the holiest week of the year. There, there, yeah. there, there is no week that takes precedence over these days. Yeah, this and this particular week, which of course begins with Palm Sunday, leads up to the pinnacle of our whole liturgical year, that vigil of Easter, which we'll, we'll get into uh, to, uh, today. But beginning of that week of, of really a very uh, solemn is the word that comes to my mind. I know sometimes we don't observe it that way, but Palm Sunday with this joyful beginning then leads us into this kind of solemn way of, of walking towards uh, the Easter celebrations, which we've been talking about for the last few shows right. even um, on, on this show. Right, right. It, 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 and I like, I like what you said in, in terms of um, the Triduum, and in particular uh, Easter and the Easter, Easter night, right? Is the very heart of our liturgical year. Yeah. It's the, you said the pinnacle. It's the, it, it, the it, it's the very center, right? Yeah. In in many ways of the liturgy. In fact, the whole liturgical year is fashioned around Easter. Exactly. Whenever that falls. R- right. Like you you don't uh, Easter really the date of Easter d- is determined. Uh, or determines how Lent falls, um, and then certainly plays out how ordinary time will um, will unfold either before and after uh, the the Lenten season. Right. And we all know how 
Easter is is, let's is see, determined. Let's see if I'll say it right. Um, it's determined. It is uh, it is the Sunday after the first full moon of the vernal equinox, so the right. spring equinox, right? First full moon. Yep, the first full moon yep. after the equinox, and the Sunday that follows that is is Easter. Yeah, yeah. It's the it it's the lunar can calendar that that determines Easter, uh, and then, as we said, everything else flows to and out of the celebration of Easter. Yeah, yeah. It it, it as as Todd was saying it because it's the heart of of the mystery that we celebrate Sunday after Sunday. It it is. I mean, again, I mean, I'm sure all of you love the vigil. Um, if you haven't been in years, go as we say yeah. more about that. But uh, it is, it truly, as it breaks open the history of salvation, um, and, and we celebrate the resurrection of Christ, of course, mm-hmm. um, in 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 what we're doing. And so we take great care, not only during the Lenten season, as we've talked about, but in this week uh, that precedes that. So from that Palm Sunday. Uh, you know, we we enter into a more prayerful um, attitude, mindset. It's sort of that immediate preparation. Like I know we use that language yeah, for the yeah, catechumens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, immediate preparation. It, but but for for the baptized, yeah. Like we we really uh, our mindset, our attitudes really turn. Well, remember what we said uh, in the show for Lent when, when when Lent was a topic. We said that all of Lent leads to for for those of us who are baptized. All of Lent leads to one moment and one moment only, and that's the renewal of yeah. uh, baptismal promises at the Easter Vigil, yep. or if you aren't at the Vigil on, on, on Easter, Easter Sunday, Sunday morning. That's that, and so this final week, the holiest of weeks, is that's the immediate preparation for that moment. Yeah, we, we've we've come through Lent. Um, we've been observing it as as best we can. Um, hopefully, we've been living a bit differently during the days of Lent, and and yet it sounds a little redundant. And yet, Holy Week calls us to live yet even more <laughs> differently, right? Yeah, I, as you were saying that, I was thinking about um, again going back to a little bit about Palm Sunday is that that triumphant entry into Jerusalem. I often, even as a as a kid, I would often imagine myself being on the streets uh, welcoming. Jesus in, and, and maybe I don't do that as much as an adult, but really what we're, we're invited to is we're accompanying Jesus in his passion during this week. Yeah. As the story unfolds from the moment he enters in into Jerusalem through the Last Supper, the crucifixion, and of course to his resurrection. But that whole week and all the things that lead up to that Last Supper, we're his companion, we're his yeah. disciple. And and we, we're part of that story, even though we live these many centuries later, right? But yeah. we're still part of that story. I like, I like how you, you said, you, really, for our listeners, in, in a nutshell, you can think of it this way. The heart of Holy Week is the Paschal Mystery. Yeah. And, and yeah. the whole week, right? Um, and and I, think, I do think it's real important that we, we not look at Holy Week as if it's a re-dramatization of Christ's last week on earth, right? I mean, I, I think it's important that we not necessarily yeah. treat it like that. It's not It's not like a, a week-long passion play. Yeah, um, that's a great thing, I think, to remind everybody about, because it's easy, especially if you aren't in the, if you aren't able to be at the liturgical celebrations because of COVID, it could be easy to fall into observing and seeing it as something that's just representing a historical event. But remember, that's not what liturgy does. Right. It makes that present. And it makes that event present now. Yeah. In our midst. Like we're part of that. So mm-hmm. it, I, we can't emphasize that enough. 
and, and it makes me think about just recently I was talking to uh, someone um, whose who's child <laughs> really, and this kind of connects to this because this young child really just thought Jesus was just this figure in the past and, and didn't really understand the profundity of the resurrection and that, oh, you know, and it's just that, that in the past. So we have a lot of work, even in these times of, of, as we celebrate this, to remember what the liturgy does yeah. and how we participate in that to make fully present um, the Christ yeah. in, in our life. It isn't just this remembering of historical events. And with Holy Week, it begins with Palm Sunday. Uh, the, full, the full title is Palm Sunday of the Passion of the Lord, right? Um, and and uh, Timothy, the, the, the missal in talking about Holy Week kind of echoes what we, well, or we echoed it when we, when we were just talking because it begins the very first line in regard to Holy Week. It says, on this day, the church recalls the entrance of Christ the Lord into Jerusalem to accomplish his Paschal mystery. Yeah. And, 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 and so uh, Palm Sunday begins with, with, uh, with, if we're, if you're able with the great procession with palms, right? Yep. Yeah. It, what, what a great, uh, you know, and the missile does provide some options, but the parish, normally you have palms, they've been blessed. There's a, a proclamation of that, uh, gospel reading that, that, that depicts that image. Um, of Jesus entering into Jerusalem. And there's a great Hosanna that is sung, as, sung. as folks process into the church to begin um, to begin this solemn uh, celebration of Holy Week. Yeah. And, and it just, it does, it does remind me um, the, the, the palms, the palms have a place in our DNA. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> they have a place in our Catholic DNA, right? Um, people will um, decorate their homes with them or, uh, have, have put them in their cars or, uh, uh, you know, uh, fashion them into, cr- into elaborately beautiful yeah. crosses. And, and, and certainly that, that, that practice, not only have we all, all seen that, but it culturally even, you know, the Filipino community, even the, the Latino community often have particular traditions around that, how they decorate their crucifixes in their churches, or like you said, those elaborate, beautiful uh, different uh, styles of, of weaving them together. When I was at Immaculate Conception um, working in, in music ministry here in Chicago, um, uh, on, on, down on California, um, it, it, was, it was just amazing after the liturgy on Palm Sunday, um, after so, I mean, people just gathering outside, but there would be all these families who had taken, whether it be during the Lenten season or the last week, weaving these beautiful oh, crosses wow. together to to share with with members of the community right and just a beautiful uh, reminder of, of what we are are entering into yep yep and it's with with those palms and it's it's just um it, it, it's a bit jarring to think that you know we begin holy week waving palms proclaiming hosanna to the son of david and just days later <laughs> Uh, right. Well, even even within the that liturgy itself, how quickly the tone changes yes. by the time you get to the scripture, the liturgy of the word. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, the 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 chant, the Hosanna to the Son of David, which many parishes don't use uh, these days, but they use some variation or something that's familiar to them. But I love the chant. Uh, yes. But but yeah, by the time we process in. Um, and, and we move into the Liturgy of the Word, there's that shift already because we're going to read the Passion 
the, 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 right? the second half of the title for the day. Right. <laughs> Palm Sunday of the Passion of the Lord. Yeah, the liturgy begins with, with in, in, in one sense, um, you know, exuberation and joy and, and, and praise, and, and then it switches to the solemn reading of the Passion. Um, yeah. th- this, this day and Good Friday, the longest Gospels of the year. Yes. Right. Yes, and and uh, the the passion on Palm Sunday um, is taken from uh, the Synoptic Gospels, so Matthew, Mark, or Luke, Depen- depending, depending on, on yeah. the cycle we're in. So this year we're in cycle B, um, but Good Friday that passion's always from the Gospel of John. Um, it, it, always, always, and uh, just and again it provides a. a, a a different perspective of the same story, the same narrative. It, it invites you into, of course, some of the characters are the same, or you're going to hear those same names, but right. um, it, it's just a beautiful way for us as a church to to take different looks at how the passion unfolded. Yeah, yeah, and the accounts of, of mm-hmm. the passion, right? Um, it, this, so this year on uh, Palm Sunday, the passion will be read from Mark, Mark's mm-hmm. account, Um uh, of of the synoptics, uh, rather simple, mm-hmm. as as Mark's whole gospel is right? right. It's the shortest gospel that that we have, um, and 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 the the passion is um, it 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 really is a, it's a, it's a story of triumph in the end. Oh my gosh, yes, uh, it, it, it yeah we 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 definitely don't stay or wallow in the sadness of of the events that that occur. Um, it is a story of triumph. I yeah. mean, think about what the cross symbolizes mm-hmm. for us in the Christian community. It isn't, uh, I mean, it is obviously this instrument of torture and, and death, but it is a what happens upon that cross, what Christ does is unbelievable in terms of the love that is poured out for all of humanity, yeah. all of creation. Yep. Let's pick it up there, Timothy, when we come back. Stay with us. We're talking about Holy Week, and we'll be right back after these messages. Hey, it's Timothy Johnston here from Liturgy Training Publications. Over the past few months, I'm sure you've found yourself at home more, whether it's working from home or watching live stream masses on Sunday mornings. As we begin adjusting to this at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the things I missed the most was gathering with friends at the parish. That's why we at LTP have created this new virtual gathering series called Living the Sunday Word. We meet virtually on Thursday evenings each week and reflect on the upcoming Sunday readings. And with that, we share stories to help us more fully reflect on the Word of God. I'm inviting each of you to join us, a group of friends meeting virtually from all parts of the country. So visit ltp.org for more information and to register. You won't want to miss this. 
Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time, virtually, with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youths age 9 to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312-937-3375. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend. Featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the Archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. The effort to get vaccinated, why the church is helping to spread the word. We'll go inside the classroom as a national study shows how Chicago's Catholic schools are keeping students on track during the pandemic. And too many people are going hungry. We'll visit a food pantry where Catholics are working to meet that need. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy. Uh, those who are listening on the radio, those who are watching on YouTube or on Facebook, uh, we are talking about Holy Week. Um, I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Worship. And I'm Timothy Johnston from Liturgy Training Publications. And Timothy, uh, at that break, that break came when, just when we were talking about uh, the proclamation of the Passion on Palm Sunday mm -hmm. of the Passion of the Lord. Uh, and it, it's the start of Holy Week, the, the holiest week we have. It's the center of our liturgical lives. It's the center of our spiritual lives. It's the center of our prayer life uh, this week and, and these days. Um, and they're marked by these, these beautiful rites that we have only during these days. Yes. Like the proclamation of, of the Passion. Um, and, and even during the break, our, not, not only, not only is, um, is this a unique reading, but there's, we, we even listen to it and, and, and have um, different posture through it. It, it, because this is so uh, special these days. Yeah, one of the things that that, that uh, might strike you or you may forget each year, but you know when we come to the point in the passion, um, as the passion is really coming to an end after hearing the whole narrative unfold, yeah. um, the assembly kneels at the time of Christ's death, yeah. when that is indicated in the scripture, and we all kneel, um, not only as a symbol of, of, uh, of prayer, but sort of a supplication, uh, or uh, that's not the right word, uh, but of, of giving oneself over um, as to the, well. To, to, to the story, to the passion, giving yourself yeah. over 
to Christ's passion. And, and, and again, yeah, because we, we participate in that. Yeah. I mean, our baptism, we have died with Christ. Yep. Just as, as, uh, as he dies upon the cross, we share in that death and we rise with him. And so that, that's one of those profound moments that shouldn't be, um, uh, you know, just rushed, hurry up, down, or yes. down, up, I should say, yeah. uh, in, in that way, but, but a time to really contemplate the profundity of Christ's death and what that does for us yeah. um, and our salvation. Yeah. And, and we hear that all throughout the liturgy, throughout the year even, yep. our salvation, you know, that, that kind of language is, is there. Uh, so that that's one of those I- important postures uh, to remember. Yep the the uh, the color is red for this day, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which which red is associated with uh, the first and foremost the passion, uh, and uh, it's associated with the martyrs and the apostles. Right, which is is again why why it's used for martyrs is because they especially in the early church, I mean, we still believe this today, but those were the only folks canonized, if you will. They didn't have official canonization, but it was understood that they shared so intimately in the passion of Jesus Christ um, that they, that's, that's why their blood was shed for him. Um, And so that color of red, the blood uh, of Christ that was shed, the martyr's blood, um, whatnot. But the word martyr itself means witness, to witness right. to. Um, and so they're, they're bearing witness, um, just as we would in our own lives today, in, in whatever capacity, we bear witness to this passion of Christ. Yeah. Through which we ha- are saved. Exactly, right? exactly. Right? And, and after, the, after the, celebration, um, the proclamation of the passion, um, even in, in its, its unique elements, then Mass continues as usual, and... Palm Sunday celebration, the Mass comes comes to a, a, a simple end, and we enter Holy Week. We have we have entered then into this yeah. week where we mark the the Paschal mystery of Christ. Um, Monday of Holy Week is is uh, simply that. Uh, actually, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday they're just simply noted as yep. those days in Holy Week. Um, in many places, we were talking about this before the show started. In many places uh, in the country. Um, the Chrism Mass is celebrated on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday following uh, Palm mm-hmm. Sunday, uh, and the Chrism Mass is is uh, uh, it's it's given on uh, where it's it's scheduled on uh, Holy Thursday morning, but for pastoral reasons, because that's such a busy day for the clergy of of, mm-hmm. of, of any parish, uh, and, and the and the, the lay ministers as well, that um, it can be it can be celebrated earlier than that during mm-hmm. the week. And uh, for, for example, here in Chicago, we always celebrate it on Tuesday of Holy Week, and it is a beautiful mass, where all of the and you think about it, do, you know, and it's and really its significance of being celebrated during this week. Um, but these are where all of the oils that are used in the sacramental life of the church are blessed and consecrated by the bishop of the yep. diocese, the chief shepherd of the diocese, and then they are distributed to the to the parishes. Um, and it, 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 even just, you know, look, these oils will be used in some aspect of the Paschal mystery. Ex- yeah. Anointing those who are sick and, and are, are, are sharing in the suffering of Christ. Uh, anointing those who are catechumens, mm-hmm. who are preparing to die in the waters of the font. Uh, and um, then the consecration of the chrism, which is used in... 
so many different ways. Yeah, used at baptism, confirmation, and, and ordination. Or, uh, the uh, dedication of a church. And dedication of a church. And an altar, yeah. right? It's, uh, and and, and that this day, those oils for the whole rest of the year are, are blessed and, and given to the parishes. And, and the word chrism, and, and my Latin is terrible, but I mean, it, it means little Christ. Yeah. And so being anointed. being anointed at, at baptism, we are made into the image of Christ, the little Christ in yeah. that sense. So, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's so that beautiful image, um, it, it, if you ever see, or if you're ever at the chrism mass, the bishop breathing on the oil that will become the, the sacred chrism. That's part of the consecratory prayer, um, you know, breathing in, in a sense, the Holy Spirit life yeah. into um, this oil is the only oil that's, that's consecrated. It, it has similarly to the Eucharistic prayer, it has a similar structure, mm-hmm. a consecratory uh, uh, structure in, in how that prayer. So blessed are you. That's not the exact language, but but it, it will be familiar. Whereas the other two, much more simple because it's a blessing, not less profound in any way, um, but it, it's a different style right. of, of praying. Right. In, in the consecration of the chrism, there is actually an epiclesis. Right, yes. Which, which, is a, which is a prayer asking the Father to send the Spirit to do something, right? Right. We're most familiar with it in the Eucharistic prayer. And so, Father, send down your Spirit like the dewfall so that these, yes. this, yeah. this bread and wine may be transformed into the body and blood of Christ, right? Send your Holy Spirit to do something. The prayer over the chrism is very similar. And so send your spirit into this oil and and and, and make it life giving for Yeah. Oh, it's just yeah, it's it's great. And and of course Within that prayer, I don't know if it's before or after. The, I, haven't, I haven't celebrated the Christmas in a while. Where the the perfume, the balsam, the balsam is poured is, in, is added. Is it before the, the it's, prayer? No, no. It's 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 it, during the prayer. During the prayer. Yeah. Okay. Um, and again, this this sense of, and I think I've shared this on the show before, um, and I love this image. Um, I think it's in the Liturgy of the Hours, uh, and it's a, certainly a scriptural image, but the odor of Christ. Yes. Um, I, when I was in religious life, I remember during the Easter season, one of our antiphons in our particular Liturgy of the Hours to our community was always about um, having the odor of Christ. And it was because we have been anointed, anointed with yep. this uh, uh, chrism, the this sign sweet of Christ. smelling oil. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the odor of Christ, the, 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 the smell of new life. It's, it, that's, that's what this is. Yes. And they're blessed, uh, during Holy week, um, in every diocese all over the world. And, and then as we said, distributed to, to the parishes. And then, um, th- that's Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday of, of Holy week. And then begins, the shortest liturgical season that we have. <laughs> yeah. The, the sacred triduum. Yeah, so Lent officially ends um, at the beginning of Holy Thursday, and with the Mass of the Lord's Supper, um, we begin our observation of the three days, yeah. the, the highest holy days of, of our whole year. And as Todd said, the shortest liturgical season there is, those it's, three days. Yep, yep. Tri- the, the, the name for it itself betrays what it is, right? The triduum, meaning the three days. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in, in many ways, in many ways, they're not three separate days. In, in, in many right. ways, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a continuous memorial throughout these three days. Well, that's it, it, a great thing that, that you make, uh, make that point because I think oftentimes people are like, oh, Holy Thursday, Holy Saturday, um, and Easter Sunday, like those, like we just, we sort of 
compartmentalize them in that way. But the way the church does time for the highest of our holy days, which we've talked about on the show before, is different. Is different. We, these these days are so special. We even mark their passing differently. Exactly, exactly. So the beginning of the day begins with sundown on Thursday. The most ancient way, Ex- right, of marking so, the passing of a day. So that. Like so, that kind of shifts. So the triduum actually ends with evening prayer on Easter Sunday, as the third day. As the third day, sunset on Thursday to sunset on Friday is the first day. Yep. Sunset on Friday to sunset on Saturday is the second day. Sunset on Saturday to sunset on, on Sunday, Sunday is the third. That, like you said, they, why do you call it three days? It's Holy Thursday, <laughs> Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and Sunday, because yep. we mark the passing of the days differently. Yeah. And, I, and that's where we'll pick it up when we come back from this break. We've just begun talking about Holy Thursday and the Sacred Triduum. Stay with us. We'll be back after these messages. is exactly what its name implies. It's an easy-to-understand explanation of the Word of God, the Gospel. Hello, I'm Father James McElhone, Director of Biblical Formation for the Archdiocese of Chicago. I'd like to invite you to take our free online Bible study program by going to thewordmadeclear.org. Our website offers an audio-based guide to the Gospels of Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. Listen to my lectures and follow along with the handouts provided. There are even discussion guides. You can also explore the biblical roots of the Mass. And there are links to a wide variety of biblical sources that will benefit both teachers and students of the sacred scriptures. Just go to wordmadeclear.org to experience our free online Bible study program. Again, it's free at wordmadeclear.org. It's the Word of God. Enjoy. The cemetery ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries serving the Catholic community since 1837. Catholic Charities Schreiber Center for Human Services is now open in Round Lake. Due to the pandemic, we are limited in the number of in-person programs that we currently can provide. However, a food pantry is open twice a week and a Wednesday night supper is held with to-go meals every week. A wide range of senior services are now offered as well. If we can assist you or someone you know, please call us at 847 Five four six five seven three three. That's eight four seven five four six five seven three three. Before, during, and after COVID nineteen, Catholic Charities is here for you. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ seven fifty AM. 
Every Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to the second half hour of Focus on the Liturgy. If you are just joining us, I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship. And I'm Timothy Johnston from Liturgy Training Publications. And we are talking about uh, Holy Week. We've been talking about Holy Week uh, for this, this whole show, beginning with the uh, celebration of Palm Sunday of the Passion of the Lord and the Chrism Mass, where all the holy oils are blessed. And we, just before that break, started talking about the Sacred Triduum, uh, the three days, right? The uh, uh, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter. And, and uh, when we were talking during the break, uh, it's always good to emphasize or remind folks that these three days, it's really one, one liturgy. One um, celebration. If we begin on Holy Thursday and it ends on Easter Sunday, um, or well, I guess it, it really through the vigil yeah. um, and then it, it, into Easter Sunday, of course. But, um, but yeah, the Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and the Easter vigil, one, one liturgy. And I mean, there are there are signs of that. For example, Holy Thursday is the only day that has an entrance antiphon. Yes, um, and that that ushers us into the whole celebration of the Triduum, and it's based on a, a, a citation of Galatians. Galatians, yeah. It's I I love it. It's absolutely beautiful. the The opening, uh, the entrance antiphon for the Triduum is, "We should glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom is our salvation." life and resurrection through whom we ha- are saved and delivered. And that, that I, Timothy, I think, um, I, I really think that very first line should be setting the whole tone for every day of the Triduum. We should glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, I agree. It is a powerful uh, uh, image as we enter into those holy days that that we glory in the cross because of what has been won for us. Right. And, and that we, we commemorate, we come to these liturgical celebrations um, in praise and thanksgiving um, of what has been won, that yeah. salvation, that, that darkness has not one. It has not triumphed. It has uh, not had the last word. Exactly. And, and we hear that, of course, by the, by the time we get to the vigil. So yeah, this, that, that phrase that we glory in the cross of Christ frames this Paschal celebration, ultimately, yeah. that we will... Yeah, I like that, frames it. It's the foundation, yeah. right? It's the, it's, uh, we used uh, during the break, it's the lens through which we should be looking at every single one of these days. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 we should glory in the cross of Christ because of what I like you like you I like what you said because of what he won for us. Yeah. Life. Life. <clears throat> life eternal. Life eternal, that's right. Uh, Holy Thursday marked by a couple of, of other um, uh, u- unique rites. Um, th- there is the tradition of the washing of the feet that follows the um, uh, the celebration and the proclamation of John's mm-hmm. Last Supper, where Jesus did exactly that, wash the feet of his disciples, and then said, as I have done for you, so you must do for others. 
Yeah. And, and that symbol um, uh, for so many of us is a powerful witness. This is John's institution narrative, right. if you will. It, this it's, is his, this, this is, is his Eucharistic yep. narrative where for him, Eucharist is about serving neighbor, about uh, humbling oneself as Christ did, as the master did, as our teacher did, humbling oneself in order to be food for the other. Yeah. Humbling, humbling yourself because of our baptism, which made us into an image of the ma- of him. Exactly. Right? And so to, to do what he did, to live like he did, um, and to serve others as, as he did. Sadly, sadly, at least in Chicago, the um, washing of the feet is omitted this year because of COVID, but it is such a beloved part of the Holy Thursday celebration. Most people don't realize this, but it's actually an, uh, an optional rite. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not required, but I have never been to, nor can I imagine a celebration of Holy Thursday without it, outside of COVID. Sure. And I, and certainly this year, because of COVID, if you happen to not be at the Holy Thursday liturgy, but you're either live streaming or you're doing prayer at home with your family, um, I know many families last year washed their wow. feet of their children, like parents did that. They read the scripture, they lit candles. Um, so there are ways to do this if you aren't in the actual liturgical space, but you can still nice. still offer that in a prayerful way um, yeah. and talk about it, reflect on it, pray with that scripture. Yeah. So there are ways, yeah, to, to keep that alive, but, but with those that you have been quarantined with, yeah. obviously, <laughs> or living with. Right. It, but that also does something else, Timothy. It, it takes the washing of the feet out of this sense of, um, of, of historical, you know, mm-hmm. representation or historical depiction. It is not, the, the Roman Missal in Denver says 12 men, 12 people. It, it, it uses the word men. Uh, last year, I believe, or the year before that, Pope Francis changed it so that it, it, yep. it, it should read 12 people if, or people does, does not give the number. So it's not, it's not a reenactment of Jesus washing the feet of the disciples. It's a commemoration of that by doing what he did. Yeah. And yeah. And that's, I'm trying to think like, it's not, it's a sacramental, if you will. Right. Like it's not a sacrament, but it, it, but it, it is sh- sacramental. But it's sacramental in the sense that it is part of a, a way of praying liturgically, of embodying not only what we've heard in scripture, but hopefully what we're living out in the world as a, as a parish community. Right. And so it shouldn't be sp- speedy. It should take time. Um, these are the highest holy days. Like we take time to enter into the mystery, whether we're at home or in our, in the church, because we're able to be there. Take time. Yeah. Don't yeah. rush. That's, that's my wisdom for, <laughs> for this year, for me, for myself, probably more lo- than anything. But I love that idea, Timothy, of, of, of uh, maybe celebrating that right at home with those with whom you are, are quarantined. The, the, the Mass of the Lord's Supper on Holy Thursday also commemorates the uh, institution of the priesthood. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, we hear that re- references to that in the Eucharistic prayer, mm-hmm. uh, the preface to the Eucharistic prayer uh, on Holy Thursday. And then, again, in places that are able because of COVID, uh, it might be different, but normally Holy Thursday ends with um, a procession of the Blessed Sacrament that remains mm-hmm. to an altar of repose for time, a time of adoration. 
Yeah. So, and this as a kid, this was one of my favorite parts of this liturgy. You know, Pange lingua gloriosi. The that in my home, small rural community in Missouri, um, it was just such a profound thing to witness as the you know minister put on the humeral veil, the the presider gathered the ciborium and processed around the church, and we all followed along with incense, candles, all that. Um, and we go and we pray. But the other profound part of this night, at least for me, always has been, and I think I think that the rite envisions this, we may not be so good at this, is that after that time of adoration, even if you don't stay until the parish concludes that time of adoration, and it's not exposition, so it's not in a monstrance, right. um, in that sense, but it envisions that we leave in silence. Yeah that we depart and we go um, continuing our, our uh, uh, time of fasting, our time of prayer, our time um, of reflection. Um, and, and that's something I, I think we struggle with in our culture right now, silence. Um, and so I just point that out because as a kid, I remember how profoundly that impacted me. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and then, of course, once the liturgy is over, the altar is, is stripped bare, um, any decorations that might have been put up, uh, uh, for Holy Thursday, because the Gloria is sung on, right, Holy, Thursday. on Holy Thursday. So yep. sometimes people put some flowers in the sanctuary, but all of that stripped away for the Good Friday celebration. Very simple ending. There is no, there is no final prayer. There's no right. blessing. There's no go in peace. It just, Holy Thursday quietly ends and quietly leads into Good Friday. Exactly. So in, in a sense, that in-between time is we're, this is my language, like we're sort of vigiling apart from the whole assembly. Yeah. Like we are still in the liturgical life, if you will, even if we're not in the church, like we're still part of the rhythm yes. of what the church is doing. And this is my cynicism coming out, but I feel like we've gotten away from that in, 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 the, in the last several years yeah. as a church. Like it, it, cause it's hard. It's hard to kind of enter into that when our daily life outside of, our liturgical life, if you will, is is busied with soccer games or work or whatever. But, but it can be done. But it can be done. And boy, the church, as Christians, we should really... Try to reclaim that. Yeah. I and, mean... And live differently. Yes. And, and, and witness to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I was a kid, I remember... Um, places being closed. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, at three o'clock on Good Friday. Yeah. I, uh, the traditional, the traditional time given to the crucifixion. Yeah. I remember I, that. I do too. I, I rem- And even um, for me, because I went to Catholic school, you know, we were closed on Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and certainly Easter Monday. Um, but I remember even, yeah, things being closed on Good Friday, but my mom even worked at a bank, so she'd get off at noon. Yeah. So that the whole afternoon was open, right, um, for folks. And uh, so, so however you are able to this year, we invite you to, um, as you look at these three days, how can you observe them in a in a more profound way than maybe you've you've had the opportunity to before, or differently than you've been right. able to before. Good Friday, obviously, we all know, is the only day where there is not a mass celebrated. Mm-hmm. That. The, the liturgy of Good Friday is, is the Passion, the Friday of the Passion of the Lord, or the uh, liturgy of the Lord's Passion, and it is, it, it is not a Eucharist. Um, it is not a Mass. Uh, as I said, the only day of the year where Mass is not celebrated. Uh, it, it is, it, we, we share the communion from the night before that was consecrated the night before on Holy Thursday. But this liturgy, this is, I always make this point, the liturgy of the Lord's Passion is not a wake service. 
Ah, uh, good point. Yes, it's it. We 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 don't participate in. Certainly, there is sorrow, right? But um, but but it's it's not like we are reenacting the crucifixion, the day of the crucifixion. We yeah. are commemorating it, and we do that through a number of ways in the Good Friday liturgy. We'll talk about those when we come back from this break. Stay with us for the final segment of Focus on the Liturgy. I'm Cardinal Blaise Supich. I got my COVID-19 vaccination and you should too. It took just a few seconds and was painless. The Food and Drug Administration determined the new vaccines are safe and effective. And the Holy See, as well as the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops has concluded getting the COVID-19 vaccine is an act of love of our neighbor and part of our moral responsibility for the common good. We have lived with the pandemic for many months, and I know we're all getting tired of it. Vaccination is one of the most important ways you can protect your health and the lives of those you love and help bring the pandemic under control. When it is your turn, I urge you to be vaccinated. And remember to do your part by wearing a mask, washing your hands and watching your distance. Thank you, and God bless you all. Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time, virtually, with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youths age 9 to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312-937-3375. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend. Featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. The effort to get vaccinated, why the church is helping to spread the word. We'll go inside the classroom as a national study shows how Chicago's Catholic schools are keeping students on track during the pandemic. And too many people are going hungry. We'll visit a food pantry where Catholics are working to meet that need. 
Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. Welcome back to our final segment of Focus on the Liturgy. We have been talking about breaking open, plumbing the um, depths of Holy Week, and we just started talking about the Liturgy of the Lord's Passion before that break. Timothy, 15 minutes to do <laughs> Good Friday and Holy Saturday. Good luck. <laughs> so much. So yeah, I mean, let's let's dive in. Um, Good Friday, um, as we said earlier, it's a continuation of the liturgy that we began on Holy Thursday, and so it begins in silence. Yep. There's no opening song, there's no opening uh, chant, uh, if you will. No procession. So the presider simply comes and, and prostrates in front of the altar. Um, Which is a, a very profound yeah, posture, very it, profound signal. It, and then the rest of the assembly kneels. It's kneeling. So it's a time for, for prayer of, of giving oneself over mm -hmm. again. Uh, to this mystery and yeah. the, the profundity of what Christ has done for us. Um, Obviously, the Liturgy of the Lord's Passion is marked by proclaiming the Passion again. Yep. Um, and like we said earlier in the earlier segment, it's from John's Gospel. Always. Um, and so, and there's still that point of, of, of kneeling during the Gospel at, at Jesus' uh, uh, death. And it always strikes me that the Passion in John's Gospel is contained within the part of the Gospel called the Book of Glory. Yes, it comes. The, right. the passion in John's gospel comes from the Book of Glory, and that just reminds us of how we began. We should glory in the cross of our Lord exactly. Jesus Christ. Um, secondly, yeah. uh, the passion, liturgy of the Lord's Passion is marked by an ancient way of praying the intercessions, which I absolutely love. Yeah, it's one of the, the most ancient forms of liturgical practice that we we still have, and so it's this form where. Um, an intercession is announced, um, and and there's they're set in the missal. Um, off the top of my head, I don't remember them all, but they're for the church, for the pope. Yeah. But it's let us pray for our most holy Father Pope Francis, that our God and Lord, who chose him for the or for the order of bishops, may keep him safe and unharmed for the Lord's holy church to govern the holy people of God. That that's the announcement of the intercession. Yeah, so that's the announcement. And then if there's a deacon present or the presider or cantor would announce that the assembly to either kneel or to bow their head in prayer. More often than not, it's kneeling. And this is a time then you are supposed to pray for the intention that was announced. So <laughs> to you, do what you were just asked to so do. So you were asked to pray. Let us pray for the Holy Father in that sense. So you personally are then praying that prayer. Then after a goodly amount of time of silence, it's not up and down kind of thing, a goodly amount of time of silence, um, then the, the deacon, the cantor, the presider invites you to stand. So let us kneel, let us stand. Um, and then the presider praise the collect. So Gathers all of our individual prayers yeah. and offers them in a collect prayer. And so that, it's, so it's a little longer, it right? It is. Because you have this. And it's more, it's, it's a little longer, but it's more deliberate. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Like you just started to say, you have, you have this rhythm, you have this, this pattern, invitation, prayer, collect, invitation, prayer, yeah. collect. We pray for the church. We pray for the Pope. We pray for, uh, those um, who are preparing for baptism. We pray for those who don't believe in Christ. We pray for those who don't believe in God. We pray for our Jewish brothers and sisters. We pray for the world. And I think it's important to note, like, 
these aren't derogatory prayers. They're not negative in the sense. So like, because I, I, some people can maybe hear like, oh, you're praying for those that don't believe in Christ. Well, who are you to do that? It's, it is with, it, listen to how the prayers unfold this year, because they are beautiful prayers of of wanting folks to come to know the glory of, of Christ, right. even if that's not the particular language it uses. But so these are in the positive as a loving um, intercession to God the Father. Yes, exactly. Um, and the third mark of the liturgy of the Lord's Passion, the adoration of the Holy Cross. Yeah. And this is probably what, what many of you uh, remember primarily uh, from, from, if not the Passion, of course. But of course, the the cross is processed uh, more often than not uh, processed in uh, from to the back, the, from right? the back of the church. Sometimes it's veiled, and and an arm of the cross is un- unveiled at each station because it's at three different stations at the entrance, the middle, and usually in the sanctuary. Um, there's the the acclamation. This is the wood of the cross, um, and the assembly responds um, uh, to that as well. The same thing, which will then the candle will replace where that cross um, was announced. Then we announce the light of Christ on, on, Holy, uh, Saturday. on Holy Saturday. And, and then, of course, everyone is given the opportunity to venerate the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? To venerate the cross. And I love that, to, 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 to venerate the, the, the means of our salvation. Yeah, to, to lay everything at it uh, as well, like to present your whole self. And so that, that veneration, the adoration, there's no prescribed way of doing that in the rites. No. You can touch the cross. Uh, certainly the, the custom has been to kiss the cross in many places. Um, you can bow, you can kneel. Right. Um, again, at, at uh, Immaculate Conception, just real quickly, um, it was just such a profound experience with the community there when I was when I was working down there, is families would kneel around the cross together. Yeah. Um, and, and, and a good amount of time in prayer. So it's it's your gesture of giving oneself within the midst of the community. A really, it can prayer. be a really profound moment. And of course, then uh, Holy uh, or Good Friday leads into uh, Holy Saturday, uh, the night of nights. This is this is the night where Christ broke the chains of death. Um, Normally, outside of COVID, we gather for the great uh, celebration of light. The uh, roaring fire is is blessed, and that fire then is used to light the Paschal candle, the new candle, which itself is an image of the risen Christ. Um, That that light is processed into the church, and we sing the exalted, an ancient hymn of of praise. It's the first song of Easter. Yeah, so that, that beginning part is called the Lucinarium, that service of light, right? And that proclamation is so powerful. It really announces that, that Christ has conquered death, um, the, the, the morning star. Um, and again, kind of leading us into this. But it is a song of praise and thanksgiving uh, for the light. Um, and that then leads us into the Liturgy of the Word. A unique Liturgy of the Word. A unique Liturgy of the Word. And it truly, because this is the vigil of Easter, <laughs> this Liturgy of the Word is truly a vigil. It isn't right. It's not just long. It, it, you know, it's, it's not just a long liturgy of the word. It's a, like you said, it's a vigil. We hear the story of salvation yes. up to nine readings. For pastoral reasons, it can be less. But, uh, for example, during COVID, where they might yep. want to minimize time. But outside of that, why would you have less? There are nine readings in this story of salvation. Yeah. And, and gosh, again, as a kid, I grew up in a parish where we read all of the readings yeah. and we sang all of the Psalms. 
And I cannot tell you how formative that was in my own life and for the community in which I grew up in. That year after year, it was usually the same lectures even every year. Yep. But you hear that reading year after year, and it, it just unpacks in a beautiful way um, the, the covenant that we share um, and, and whatnot. So that leads then into the Gloria. Um, the, so the Old Testament readings into the Gloria, where the bells are ringing again, um, and the glo- after the Gloria is the Epistle. Um, so that's what we would normally say is the second reading at Mass, right. right? So all the Old Testament readings before the Gloria, so it's a little different than our normal liturgy of the Word. Epistle from Romans, the great baptismal uh, story, um, and then we move into Psalm 118, which is the Gospel acclamation. It's not just a psalm that we're singing, but it is, we sing the whole psalm, as the gospel gospel acclamation this night because this is the day (laughs) it truly is the night um in in a sense um and then we go into uh one of the resurrection gospels yeah that leads into the liturgy of baptism uh where those who have been part of the rite of christian initiation of adults they've been journeying with your parishes they are they've they were elected at the beginning of lent elected for baptism where they die in the waters of the font they die and are raised a new creation. And if you if you have no baptisms, remember it's 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 not then right after because after the baptisms, then comes the key moment for me exactly. and for you, Timothy, and for all of us who have been baptized, where we renew that baptism once again in yeah. preparation for the Paschal Eucharist. Exactly, and, and of course we would be sprinkled and then. Uh, uh, that Eucharist, the culmination of this liturgical um, event, sharing in, in a sense, breaking the Paschal fast. Yes. Um, because this, we we share in the, the food of life, um, the very, very thing that sustains us. Um, and then as we go forward, uh, we are dismissed to go and to live what we've celebrated these last three yes. days. The and, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it ends with that great, um, go in the peace of Christ, alleluia, alleluia. You just said the A word I know, during Lent. But, but hey, for <laughs> teaching purposes. And then, um, and then, of course, we, the assembly, and I, again, as a kid, and even now as an adult, I often burst into tears at this point. I because too, what yeah. a profound experience yes. we've just had, not just in the liturgy, but celebrating the Paschal mystery um, in this way. And, of course, then that leads us into Easter Sunday. Easter and the Easter season. Uh, we really encourage our listeners, take advantage of Holy Week this year. Um, we, we, are, we are living it differently anyways. Um, yes, we are still in the midst of a pandemic, but there is hope. Uh, and that's what these three days are all about. Uh, that's what Holy Week is all about. It's Christian hope, right? Exactly. Uh, as, as, we, as we wait in joyful hope. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, any way that you can mark these days differently that come next week. Yeah, just one one last kind of recommendation I would give. Um, there are morning and evening prayers for each of, of uh, these days. So if you can celebrate the Liturgy of the Hours, um, appropriately do so. So we hope that, that you have a wonderful Triduum and Easter, and may God bless all of you. We'll see you next month. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.